Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. We're in 1 Peter. We're working through 1 Peter and today we are in chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Last week we spoke about God moments that count on our spiritual journey. And I'm sure we can all testify to some very memorable uh, moments that you have shared uh, or that have steered us on a whole new course in the Lord since we were born again spiritually. If you think back, there must be so many little markers, little moments. I know exactly when our middle son, Jason, absolutely wanted to go hard out for God at a camp. I remember that moment. And so in, the, in, in, in order to stay strong, we need to cherish these moments when it, when it gets tough. We build faith in our personal relationship with God when we worship him, regularly placing ourselves under his word, and when we obey. That's important, by surrendering to his will. In 1 Peter 1, Peter affirms that sal- salvation is only found in Christ. Our living hope. He reminds believers that their faith will be tested by fire and that a joyful love for the Lord is the right response to his grace and his mercy. So in chapter 2, however, he changes gear, changes track a little bit. He affirms uh, for the scattered believers that we've talked about over the last few weeks, how they were scattered in Asia Minor, just how important it is to be in community. To be in a community of believers and to maintain this horizontal, this face-to-face relationship with others by meeting regularly. You know, there's very little backing in Scripture for the concept of Lone Ranger Christians, which is on the rise. On rare occasions, of course, we are forced to survive alone. My grandparents, my My dad's mum and dad immigrated from Ireland with three children under five and 25 pounds of hard-earned cash. And to reach their first small block of land that had cost them most of that money was a five-hour horse ride from the nearest town across three swollen rivers. They had to tow pack horses behind and the horses were all forced to swim. My grandmother didn't get to town again for six months. So church was the kitchen table until they met some other Christians, some Christian neighbours, and then church was in their lounge on a Sunday afternoon. You know, that challenges me, yeah, to how easy it is sometimes for us, isn't it? A commitment to attend church every week instead of once a month was a testimony that a, a young guy who, who spoke to me about a week ago, a week or two ago, a young couple I married, they were just going to church once a month because they'd had a new baby. But they decided to go every week 
They've just made that commitment recently, and he just said to me, what a difference it's making in our lives to just decide to be there every week. You can see where I'm going, eh? <laughs> it's all about community. Yeah, so by being part of a community, Peter says, we are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read 1 to 10. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word so that it, by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Uh, if you have tested the kindness of the Lord, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone. A precious cornerstone. See, they knew about Jesus coming way back then. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. That verse got me through my teenage years. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for is not, sorry. Hmm. This precious stone then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve. The stone which the builders rejected thus became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So not everyone is going to be really excited about this stone. <laughs> For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to the doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. Oh, isn't that awesome? Who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light that we live in now. Isn't that great? For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Yes. And amen. So what did Peter mean when he, when he called these scattered believers uh, living stones in these new communities they found themselves in? Having been with Jesus for three years, Peter certainly didn't mean that uh, believers should be hiding away, confined to the four walls of the church. You see, most of Jesus' ministry was to people in the marketplace. Being a living stone means we are part of a uh, spiritual house, not made of brick and mortar, like these, but of relationships, influence, and community. As believers, we also have a responsibility to the moral and social fiber of our nation. We are to be light and salt to a dark world and a voice to those who don't yet know God. We need to tell the truth about our history and admit past mistakes along with being part of righting the wrongs. 
we should seek understanding and justice for the oppressed in the right spirit as God directs. That's why I've called this message Living Stones in a Broken World. Here's just a small part, but very significant part, of our nation's story. Let's just pop that next slide up there. We're just going to go back about 180-something years. As James Busby, the British resident of New Zealand, paced the veranda of his tiny cottage at Waitangi, waiting for Captain William Hobson to arrive on the Herald, an English ship that set sail from England for New Zealand on August 25th, 1839. He was anxious. Where was he? When's he going to turn up? Things were getting desperate. More and more Pākehā were arriving, troubles were brewing, and with no police, Busby had very little authority to quell disputes. He knew that the tangata whenua's right to sell or buy land at a fair price was being abused. He had no way to control uh, private land companies engaging in unfair practice. Would the promised treaty that Hobson carried bring hope and a fairer system along with a way of policing things? Finally, he arrived on Wednesday, January 29, 1840. Time was ticking, and so a date was arranged for a hui with as many chiefs as possible to debate the treaty on Wednesday, 5th Feb, with a view to signing it on the 6th. And influenced, meanwhile, meanwhile, back in England, influenced by a devout Christian, William Wilberforce, and many other abolitionists known as the Clapham's Group, who were opposed to the slave trade in England, Lord Normandy wrote eight pages of notes for William Hobson to condense into a treaty. He emailed it. No, just kidding. <laughs> On arrival, Hobson still hadn't got the wording quite right. He'd only had about four months. <laughs> but he hadn't got it sort of, kind of sorted. Hadn't actually done his homework. But with the help of Busby... And the local missionaries who translated the final draft, it was good to go in less than a week. As they say, a week in, a week in politics is a long time. <laughs> On February 6, 1840, a miracle occurred. God turned up. And his presence was felt by all in attendance. And the many Christian chiefs and officials on both sides knew they were part of something incredibly significant a partnership was formed and a nation was born God's people Maori and Pākehā living stones together were being built into a spiritual house talk about a God moment sadly many hurts disappointments broken promises and wrong decisions have been made ever since but the intent was honorable but that's not how our children are going to hear about it soon. In schools, New Zealand history will be compulsory from 2022, minus the God factor. Sadly, they will not hear about the living stones that got together with common God-centered goals. Sin 
has corrupted the story and the telling of the story. So as it was at the beginning, now more than ever, God's people, his living stones, need to be involved again to bring understanding to bring restoration, to bring recognition and significance to a broken system. And I believe the first step in that process is to listen to each other. I just watched a, a clip of an, uh, a church called Equippers in South Auckland last night. They were like literally all 16, 17, 18-year-old kids singing and playing these amazing worship songs. God is moving in this country. He is doing a major work in our young people around the nation. Do you know there's actually nearly 800,000 people that still attend worship, even if it's just once a month? Still 800,000 people. God is raising up young people and, and, and older people, but he's got an army. He has got an army. There are some good things happening, bringing nation, this nation together and bringing cultures together. And I just believe that's a, a sort of a, a metaphor of where we're going as a nation, and we need to embrace that. The second part of verse 5 is that we should be a holy priesthood. Here Peter's saying that now every believer can hear the voice of the Lord and offer up worship. I don't know if you've just caught that, but that's pretty significant. Every believer now can hear the voice of the Lord and offer up worship. Every believer has access to the Holy of Holies, a place where only the high priest could ever enter, and then only once a year, one day a year in the Old Covenant. Under this covenant, the priest's role was to, to take the sacrifices, uh, the gifts given, prayers and worship into the sanctuary and to bring back or interpret the word of the Lord to the people. As Christ cried out, it is finished on the cross, the thick curtain surrounding the Holy of Holies was torn top to bottom. This was a sign that the new covenant God was making with man was to be now available to every believer and that we no longer need a human priest as a go-between us and God. In fact, uh, under the new covenant on the cross, Jesus became our high priest, our go-between. And he now intercedes between us and the Father. We've got an advocate. Is anyone excited about that? <laughs> this means we can't, uh, uh, we can even be a priest to our enemies. Did you get that? You know, we can actually be a go-between us and someone who's persecuting us. We can be an enemy between someone who is actually opposed to us. That is the, the, the gift that God and, and through Christ has given us. We can forgive. We can bring families together. We can bring those who are opposites together. That's our role as priesthoods, to be in the mix, to be mediators, to be bringing cultures together, peoples together. The priesthood of all believers does not mean that we no longer need connection, correction or community. Paul was quick to point out that we now together form Christ's body on earth called the church. 
And a healthy body requires all parts of it to be functioning in unity. We need to be one heart, mind and spirit under Christ. We don't need to be uniform to be united. We can be incredibly diverse as our nation is right now, but not be divided. In fact, the way forward for the world when it comes to racial and gender rights, agendas and diversity, is to witness a church with all its flaws functioning how it should. People can look at that. Would you believe that atheists in some European countries that are further down the road of diversity than we are are now saying that it's the Christian faith that offers a way forward to freedom and peace. They've seen firsthand now that other major world religions and ideologies are not working. They're not working out in the West. To sum up then, some will accept this cornerstone and embrace Christ. Some, for some it will be an offense, the Bible says. We can expect persecution we can expect some to be offended at our gospel as jeremy was saying earlier we can expect it to not go down well when we say jesus is the only way verse 8 says a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense but we can be the priest and have a priestly role in bringing some form of common ground So summing up, I believe if we love Jesus, we need to walk closely with him. That's a challenge to us each this week. Let's decide. We're going to walk closely with him, hearing his unique word to us as priests of our own life. That was the job of the priest, to hear the word of the Lord. Submitting to and being submitted to by those he's placed us in authority over and those who are in authority over us for our protection our families we can be priests to our families as we join together regularly as living stones we will become a spiritual house that some will want to join as they see christ working through us as a church united in purpose and some will not want to join Um, but we do want to try and avoid, if we can, offending the unbeliever. But we have messed up as a nation at times. We've messed up as a church, and we mess up as individuals. And I want to put something right that I said last week. I just want to correct something that I didn't uh, put the right way. I, I was trying to get across that you know one of the functions or main reasons for prophecy is is to hear the heart of Jesus. And, um, and then I, I followed that by saying uh, not to know the future, but I was, what I meant to say, not just to know the future. We need both. We need both. We need, that's a prophetic gift, to, to know ahead, but also to know Jesus' heart. Maybe when we confess our mistakes to one another, the world will find hope for a way forward. You know, when we pray, when we say sorry, when we forgive each other, the world has a, has a door to walk through as well. The world's looking on. This week, are we going to be that carrier of hope 
for them. A way forward beyond disappointment, beyond hurt, and beyond broken treaties. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It's just timeless. It's solid. It's just rock solid. Thank you. You've promised to build us into these precious stones for you. Living precious stones. And Lord, um, we know that there's different shapes and sizes and we all sometimes just don't quite fit, but other times we do. God, I just pray you'd work so that work in us so that we can fit in. We can we can be part of that building. Build those relationships again that are broken. Lord, we pray for our families, we pray for our communities. Lord, we pray for an opportunity, an opening into into some some breakthroughs this week, some lives that need your healing, need your touch, as we prayed earlier. You're Jehovah Rophe. Jehovah Jireh. You are our rock, our priest, our stronghold, and our deliverer. So we just give thanks for you, Christ Jesus, and that we are part of what you're doing in this nation at this time. We look forward with a godly confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free.